Hi everyone, welcome to the CC Winch Students and Young Adults podcast. Hi everyone, welcome. The title never gets old, does it? Um, (laughs) It's great to see you. Um, On these podcasts, we are doing what we would have done at Life, um, carrying on our series on who are we becoming. Um, And I'm Louise, by the way. Um, If I don't know you, then message me, we can go for coffee. Um, And a walk, because that's all we can do. Um, And I'm joined with two other people. Would you like to introduce yourselves? (laughs) Try not to overlap. (laughs) I'll go first. Hi, I'm Matt. Um, I am the student outreach person um, on the student team and I would also love a coffee and a walk so let me know um, I always love and how I you describe your job role as the person like yeah. you default <laughs> to the student outreach person well because it feels like if I just say I'm student outreach it just doesn't it doesn't it's not a thing it doesn't sound like a role it just sounds no. like an activity doesn't it I am yeah. I am outreach <laughs> I am the definition of outreach <laughs> So, hence the person. <laughs> oh dear. Um, and I'm Monica, um, and I'm the a ministry assistant at Christchurch this year. Um, yeah, and I am the person talking today at length. So, with the other two kind of chiming in as they feel as they would like to. <laughs> yeah, absolutely wonderful. Um, as last week, we are recording this on Zoom. Um, so, do forgive us if we kind of overlap or um, have a bit of a lag. We are not in the same place, so it's not going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, But before we start, I actually wanted to discuss something. Um, Has anyone seen on Instagram um, the hot chocolate that me and Elizabeth had yesterday? I have not. I have not. Okay. Like, am I allowed to get it up now and look? Um, Yeah, I've been on Instagram today. If I haven't seen this, I don't know what's going on. It might just be on her story, but she tags me in it. Um, Well, I don't think I follow you, so that might be part of the issue. Guys, look. Oh my goodness. So, so Matt, you'll be very happy. It's from that flat whites van outside Prep. Oh, I love that place. And it was only £3.50 for everything. Um, and bad. she got like a little tiny blowtorch and like <laughs> I toasted your marshmallows. It was crazy. That is amazing. For those of you that can't see this, there's a massive picture of a hot chocolate with like marshmallows toasted and like whipped cream and like it's massive. Like, look incredible yeah. okay, but they can't see this please so you can't go <laughs> look like that will help with matt's description look at the podcast clearer <laughs> what does that mean oh <laughs> that is kind of my segue into saying if anyone wants to get that hot chocolate with me and Louise wants an excuse to have more hot chocolate basically yeah, yeah. I'm having it with sophie sophie sent me a message and was like louise i need to go and get this so if anyone else Amazing. wants to get that same um anyway let's move on monica you're speaking to us i am speaking to us on the theme of becoming children um which is wonderful (laughs) so um louise is going to read our bible passage that's where we'll start we're reading matthew 7 7 to 12 so louise if you want to kick off yeah awesome um yeah so matthew 7 7 to 12 um ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and the door will be open to you For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. 
for this sums up the law and the prophets. Thank you. So, as I said, the title for this week is Becoming Children, which I admit the first time I read this passage, I was kind of like, children are only mentioned once, and it's actually in the context of addressing the reader like we're the parent of that child, rather than like we're children. However, after reading it a second time and sitting with the passage, I realised that it was actually a pretty good message about what it means to become children, even if it's a little bit hidden at first. So um, we'll start with some context about what becoming children means for me, I suppose. Um, for those of you who don't know, I'm currently living with a host family while I do my internship year at Christchurch. And what that means is that for the first time in a long time, <laughs> I am living with children. Um, I'm an oldest sibling, um, so it's not like I've never been around kids younger than me, but my youngest sibling is only four years younger than me. So she's 18 now, um, and I've never really lived with young children. Um, my cousins are a little bit younger than me, but even so, we were never particularly close. I now live with a six and a three-year-old, and that has reminded me of all of the flaws in the perception of perceiving children as a purely positive thing. <laughs> <laughs> So Jesus uses children as an image of what we should become fairly regularly in the Bible. Many of us will know the verses in Mark 10, where Jesus claims the kingdom of heaven is for children as much as for adults. And in Mark 18, he takes this further, stating that unless we become like children, we cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. It is generally perceived when Jesus is suggesting we become like children, that we should take on the innocence, the naivety and the peacefulness of children. In doing this, we are often forgetting that children are complex and complete humans. And while children may indeed be the embodiment of innocence and naivety, children are also loud, they are stubborn, and they are rarely peaceful. That's Living with this children this year has highlighted this for me. Amazing. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a great story now about children. So just a couple of weeks ago, uh, the younger child in my house went for a phase where whenever she cried and someone tried to comfort her, she would respond by saying, but I just want to cry. Yeah. Um, initially, I'm sure that many of you feel as my brain did, which is it went mood. Yeah. <laughs> Definition of I, a mood. I can relate so hard to that. Exactly. <laughs> However, as it continued, and it continued for a week or so, every time she cried, her response was, but I just want to cry. It began to get to me a little bit, I'm sure, as you can imagine. And this behaviour is perfectly in line with her position as a three-year-old. It is completely valid activity for a child. And so reflecting on this, my first point is that when we discuss being children as a good thing, we shouldn't forget the nuances of being children. And so we should not read being called to become children as becoming childish. Instead, we should become childlike. Being childish means having a tantrum when you don't get your way. It means not communicating your needs properly and being selfish because you've not yet learned another way of being. Being childlike allows us to embody the more positive aspects of the nature of children. And it allows us to say, I will be like children in these aspects and not like children in these aspects. <laughs> yeah? Good yeah. fun. Sounds great. It sounds great. Oh, I love that picture. <laughs> so You're like, but I just want to cry. I know, I know. And it would just be like her mum would be like, calm down, it's okay. And she'd be like, but I just want to cry. And I'd be like, oh. I think that's really important what you've said that because we're told to um like become mature in our faith. That's somewhere. 
in the Bible. Yeah, no, that's definitely some another message yeah. of the Bible is like become mature in your faith while being yeah. children of God. Yeah, like yeah. exactly. Yeah, like that. Dave loves that passage, and he like says that as his vision for youth work is to like grow his youth to maturity in Christ. And so sometimes that doesn't match up with becoming children. But like you say, it's not it's not becoming childish. Um, it's maturing whilst having those childlike qualities that I don't know that allow you to see God as your father I suppose yeah exactly exactly and we're gonna kind of talk about the two childlike qualities I think this passage is really calling us to um which I think are curiosity and trust so anyone who is listening to this like a normal talk and is maybe taking notes those are your two like points that we're going to address two um, points not three controversial well, the first point was kind of the childish childlike yes yeah, you know, so I said to Louise, I was like, it has two and a half points. <laughs> we'll take it. We'll yeah. round up. We'll take it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so let us first address curiosity. So anyone who has spent any time with a child will know that most children go through a phase where their favourite question is why. Um, if you ask my parents, they'd probably say I've never left that phase. Um, and it's one of the reasons why I enjoy school and I study and I like academia so much um, because I enjoy asking why. <laughs> and getting an answer. Um, curiosity, according to the dictionary, is defined as a desire to know, an interest in the world around us, and a concern for gathering knowledge and experience. And the first half of this passage, verses seven and eight, are clearly calling, us for, calling for us to be curious like children, to ask, to seek, and to knock. Children are curious because that is how they learn about the world. Uh, within child psychology, there are a lot of theories about the way children learn, but almost all of them boil down to the fact that children learn through testing the world around them and asking questions. One of my favourite theories is a theory that babies and toddlers throw toys away in order to test the theory that when they can't see things anymore, they still exist, um, which is great theory. Um, and I think one of the things we can learn from this is that actually, like, curiosity drives us to test and to try things out and to, to learn from repeating and from doing the same thing again. Children ask why because it's the only way for them to come to understand the world, to come to be contributing members of society. And the world of young children is full of new concepts, new experiences, new people. And to try and understand all this, children will use every sense available to them. They will watch, they will listen, they will touch, they will taste, they will feel and move. And that is how we as adults still do learn um, and it's important to remember that studies have shown that children only express curiosity when they feel safe, when they feel that doing so will result in learning. Uh, some children do not have parents who would answer every why with a response. Some would just dismiss their child's questions. And so over time, children stop asking questions. This passage calls us to curiosity, which, a trait which is innate to the human brain, but may have been suppressed by environmental factors. Curiosity is easy to express if you allow yourself. It's easy to ask, um, to seek, to knock, if you lack the concern about societal norms or other people's judgment in the way that children do. It's easy to use every sense to experience the world if you don't think people will look at you strangely for doing so. <laughs> As adults, we can sometimes feel that the time of curiosity and learning is behind us. We are satisfied with what we know of the world and our place in it and feel the curiosity or questioning we need to change, feel the curiosity or questioning we need isn't, we don't want anymore. 
And that is why it is important to allow ourselves to become children again in order to exhibit this trait of curiosity. Um, furthermore, this passage seeks to reassure us that our past experiences with unanswered questions are not always the case. That those who ask will be answered, those who knock on the door will find the door open. The development that comes from curiosity is necessary in our relationship with God. It is only by seeking God as a child seeks a parent, as a source of knowledge, guidance and experience that we can come to know him more. However, doing so means accepting that just like your parents may not answer every question you ask, God will not answer every question you, as you expect. Mm -hmm. And this leads us on to the second aspect of being childlike, which is trust. But before we move on to that, um, any aspect of curiosity that we want to kind of discuss? Yeah. yeah, I love that. I think that's so important to of like, like, have clarified as well. Um, especially just that you know we don't ask why if we don't feel like we're in a safe environment. Um, mm. and I and like and you said that and like I was like oh my goodness like yeah like that is so true like like I feel that. Um, I think there's such like a challenge there like in ourselves like do we feel like we are in a safe environment? Um, like are we making a safe environment for our friends for our flatmates for our loved ones um, because from that the questions will come um, I mean that yeah like even just with like even just with like an evangelistic mindset there oh, yeah, um, like like can you make a safe environment for your friends who don't know Jesus and allow that safe environment to be sort of the catalyst in itself for the questions Mm. um and in yourself like if you feel like you're maybe in like a bit of a stagnant place in your faith like do you feel safe like I like like do you feel supported to ask a question um and like if not why mm. um and like work on that um yeah that's such a good point like yeah like I love it there's so many layers to it exactly yeah and I think also the other thing I find really interesting is when I kind of was reading about curiosity in the Bible, like, you know, when you're researching something and you do the Google search of curiosity in the Bible, there were so many, all of it was negative. Like all of it was oh, pointing at all these Bible verses where it's saying like, don't question God, don't question God, don't question God. But it's like curiosity isn't a matter of undermining God. Like children, mm. when they ask you why, they aren't trying to tell you you're wrong or trying to tell yeah. you that they know something you don't. They're just trying to learn. Yeah. And so as long as we come to God with questions in a very open-hearted, childlike way, then it's completely valid to come to God with questions. Mm. Um, it's not trying to undermine him or trying to understand a world that we're not meant to understand. Mm. As long as we come to God with that like understanding that he is a parent figure to our childlike figure. And just like parents won't always tell a child an answer to like, why do people die when there's a four-year-old asking you that question because they don't need to know that as a four-year-old but they can know that as an eight or a nine-year-old once they have a more nuanced understanding of like the world and ethics like it's the same kind of thing with us um, and god so yeah yeah mm. was there anything you wanted to add please i just i'm kind of thinking about um i think i'm not a very curious person um and I mean, there's probably like hundreds of factors why, um, but I wonder if like maybe some people listening also like me may need to kind of revert back to that and like learn how to care about stuff again that they don't know. Um, I, I enjoy learning, but I don't naturally do that myself. Well, I probably naturally, naturally do. And now I'm in a kind of unnatural, natural bit 
and then I need to go back to literally being natural if that makes sense um I wonder if some other people and me need to yeah let go a little bit and yeah seek some stuff because that that bit about if you ask it will be given to you if you seek you will find um like you say you might not find it as you're expecting but maybe we just need to learn a little bit more (laughs) and like be ready to do that um and to put effort in because it's not it's not easy you have to you have to ask seek and knock none of those things say you know just lie down and some answers will be given to you like they're like active things that you have to go and do so maybe we need to put some time into that yeah and that's the thing about curiosity like children nap because their brains have to do so much work to learn the world around them and it's like if we are so comfortable in our faith and our relationship with god that it doesn't feel like we need to learn anything else then like we need to put effort in like we need to put so much effort into our relationship with god that we need a nap you know so our brain can process it and then we go at it again when we wake up you know like you're not going to know everything are you so like there's always going to be something exactly Exactly. i love that start (laughs) seeing a nap as a good sign (laughs) exactly (laughs) but that's exactly like like if your child hasn't had enough simulation then they don't nap like that's that's what it's about um so yeah right um Cool. We'll move on to our second aspect of being childlike then, which is trust. Um, Children are, generally speaking, trusting. Until they have an experience which teaches them to be otherwise, most children will trust almost any adult they encounter to guide them through this world, which they do not yet understand, and to be a source of knowledge for them. In particular, children trust their parents to make decisions for them before they're able, and as a society, we trust parents to raise children well to teach them what they need and protect them from things they don't need to know until they're older. Um, And that's a lot of what verses nine and 10 are really referring to when it's talking about uh, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone, or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake. And when I was reading up on this passage, I found it really interesting that there's actually some wordplay going on here in the original Greek. Uh, Jesus is comparing two things which superficially resemble each other. um, And even the words themselves resemble each other. If you ask for bread in this time, bread looks like a stone. It's like small, round, compact loaves. Um, And actually, a snake and a fish can resemble each other quite a lot if you take the fins off a a fish, if you descale them. Um, But a stone and a snake can be deadly to eat, um, whilst bread and fish is something desired. And it's actually really interesting that fish are given to children at this time like apples are. Like, it's literally in the same way you'd get, like, an apple on, like, a school snack break. You'd get a fish. It's, like, really funny. Can you imagine giving a child today a fish and being like, this is your lunchtime snack? There you go. Yeah. (laughs) Enjoy. They wouldn't know where to start. They wouldn't know how to start. so lame. Exactly. But a lax parent... would stink on the bus. Yeah, it would stink on the bus. It would stink on the bus. Um, A lax parent could easily pass off a stone as a loaf of bread or a snake as a fish, uh, but a loving parent would never do so. And what we as children must do is trust that we have been in fact given bread or fish. We may not have the experience of good gifts from our earthly parents, um, and I think that's something that's really important to remember. Um, Even if we do have the experience of good relationships with our earthly parents, that there will be other Christians who don't have that experience. We don't some who may not have experience which supports trust in a father figure um and so this aspect of our relationship with god may be particularly difficult for us and that is why it's about trust even with god we do not get everything we ask um 
this section of the passage should cause us to think not just God gives us good gifts, it should also cause us to ask the question, what would God give us if we asked for a stone or a serpent? In the same way, all parents don't give us everything we ask because they are looking out for us. And that requires a level of trust um, that both our earthly and our godly parents are looking out for us. As this passage points out, we trust our earthly parents to give us good things, to raise us well, despite their position as flawed and sinful beings, despite their position as evil. Um, and so it's kind of in this trust, um, we should trust God because we know he lacks that human flaw and sinfulness. We should remember that this passage does not say ask and you will receive the very thing you ask for, but rather it is ask and you will receive the good things that God has in store for you. And what's more, this passage also subtly reminds us that the good things he has in store for us may take a while. Um, and that's something that Charles Spurgeon really writes about on this passage. He says that sometimes we have to trust and wait for the real thing. If the, the parent in this passage did not have a loaf of bread ready, if they needed to bake one, they could easily give the child a stone if they were adamant that they needed to have something now. Uh, the people in the wilderness in Exodus, Spurgeon says, they had been promised a good gift in the future, the gift of the promised land, but they could not find trust that they would be provided for until then. They pleaded with God to give them sustenance now. And so the manna and the quails that God provided them were short-term answers. They were quick. They weren't as good as the real thing. And they, they sustained the people, but they were not, they got bored of it quickly. And Spurgeon compares those manna and quails in the wilderness to stones and serpents in this passage. If we view God as a vending machine for us to put in the buttons and get out exactly what we demand, uh, then we will be disappointed. Uh, but if we view God as father, then we may be frustrated at times in the same way we are frustrated with our earthly parents. But ultimately, we will be satisfied. Um, I think that little last bit that you said is really important, that, um, which is confusing because when you put it with the manna and the quail, God did give that. But I feel like we we often ask for things that we don't actually that aren't that aren't good for us but we want it now we want it now we um yeah like you say we want we don't want to wait we get frustrated can I just have it now whereas things don't turn out how you expect God God provides in a different way maybe later on and then you get to that point then you look back and you're like oh God thank you that you didn't give me mm. what I wanted when I asked for it mm. um but then that that's in my head that like con conflicts with the manner and quail because that was from God and that was good and that did sustain them yeah it was good that it did sustain them I suppose the Spurgeon's point in this when he's saying that he's saying like the manner and quail was good and it sustained them but it's also like it wasn't as good of what they could have had if they weren't so insistent about having something right then you know and I suppose that's more his point and like they got the good thing they got the like really good thing they got to the promised land in the end so ultimately it's kind of like it's kind of like he's saying you do get the best of both worlds because God is a loving father who doesn't want us to like suffer unnecessarily. But it's kind of like, you know, it's it's also like if you are patient and if you let him guide you to what you need rather than saying I need this, then you could have had a better situation. <laughs> essentially, so, yeah. I wonder if that that completely goes back to your first point about like a childish thing to do is probably being really impatient and probably. Mm -hmm you know, demanding something now, whereas being childlike is 
more being led and being patient and just trusting because you know they're the adult but god is father um yeah i think that like emphasizes that distinction really well yeah exactly exactly mm-hmm. and i think one of my favorite images of this kind of like trusting thing is it goes back to like verses seven and eight when it's talking about like knock on the door and all that kind of thing and um the way i've described it to people before it's like um you can expect when you knock on a door to god for god to open that door but you can't expect that he will say yeah come in he might say actually the door next door is the door for you and then like close the door in and take but not close the door in your face close the door and take you by the hand and lead you to the next door you know mm. rather yeah, than so it being good. like and we perceive it as if 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 an opportunity is not for us then that must be a door slammed shut in our face mm. but that's not actually what this passage is saying um it's saying yeah. that like yeah you know because it's, yeah, it's not a vending machine and it's not you getting everything you want but it's also like if you take that step forward then god will put you where you need to be and guide you to the doors that need to be opened and answer the questions that need to be asked but not necessarily every question that you ask will be answered yeah 100 percent. and i think even you know like putting your your like trust in god like that can feel like such a massive thing and like really really hard thing and it is um but from my 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 personal experience actually not putting your trust entirely in God is actually more painful Um, because you know the amount of times that God has given me like half a plan and then I finished that with with my half a plan and then gone along as normal and then realized that that was never the plan to begin with and like hurt myself because I was like disappointed that my half of the plan didn't happen when actually it was never from from God in the flipping first place Um, and actually not putting your entire like like trust in God can actually be harder than just than just like taking your hands off the wheel and being like you know god like you just do it and i'm with you and i'm gonna follow um so so like it seems like this massive scary thing and it is but it's also the best option entirely like in every single way like it's the best option and like how freeing is that so freeing so (laughs) freeing like it's like oh i can just be yeah yeah but that's like being childlike is actually a really if you give yourself over to it it can be a really freeing thing because that's the Mm. thing like they don't have to worry about x y or z things you know because they have someone else who's worrying about that for them um and they know that 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 person's job is to worry about them and to worry about like their safety and all this kind of thing and if you stop worrying about that then you know that's great so yeah (laughs) And I think the important thing about this passage is that the Bible is full of instances where God proves himself to be a faithful and loving father. So really, it just falls to us to be trusting and curious children, to ask and seek and knock on the door, securing the knowledge that that door will be opened, that what we that if we ask, something will be given to us. Um, but that God, the person we put trust in as a knowing and loving and knowing and loving father, is the person who will make the judgment of what will be given to us and what door will be open to us. Um, because that's his job as our father. Mm. And it's our job as children. There we go. That's so awesome. Amen. Yeah, amen. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, at the end of these, we normally, as you know, um, go around and say kind of just one little thing that, like a more practical thing, um, mm-hmm. that 
since hearing what you've had to say, Monica, thank you so much. Since hearing that, um, what are we going to do? Um, so yeah, anything um, on your minds or after writing writing it, Monica, <laughs> rather than hearing it? Um, I have been actually putting this into place since I started writing this like a month ago. Um, in regards, so the course I'm on is like a year's course and I kind of like, um I'm very good at panicking about the long term about being like what am I going to do in September what am I going to do in the September after that like so I uh, when I started writing this and like came to the conclusion that one of my points was going to be about trusting God and trusting that whatever door I knocked on like he would guide me to the right one if it was the wrong one so I like went well there's a load of things that I might apply for for next year so I'm just going to apply for them and if the door gets closed in my face it gets closed then I trust that the right one will be put at my feet um so I applied for the civil service fast stream which is um like an internship program with the civil service and unfortunately I didn't get like to an interview stage but the day that I got the news that I didn't get to an interview stage my um scheme supervisor came to me and she said oh I've just been speaking to the head of the school of mission about you um and we think that you we would be really we really want to encourage you to think about exploring like licensed lay ministry and I was like so a door has been closed but the door has been opened <laughs> you know and it wasn't a door that I've ever looked at like yeah. it's a door that is completely <laughs> camouflaged in my brain um yeah. but like because I've been trusting and been like take me where you need to take me that's kind of been my I think so yeah that's Which awesome. scary to do I'm not gonna say that wasn't scary to do because <laughs> especially like I'm a bit of a control freak sometimes I think um and I'd like to know why I was doing it every point in my life but um yeah that's so cool that that's come whilst you're writing this like yeah that's amazing um Matt what do you reckon um I think I got really stuck on well not stuck on but my focus landed on that whole thing of seeing God as like a vending machine to like answer our prayers um and I think that there's room for such a powerful mindset change there of obviously like yes like bring your requests to god um like that's a good thing to do like it's a biblical thing to do but i think there's also a mindset shift of actually god i'm in you know a situation what can i learn in this instead of just like bring me out of it oh my my like alexa has just turned on sorry i don't know if you can hear (laughs) Amazing. I didn't hear it, but it was okay. Oh, I set a reminder for noon and it's noon. <laughs> Alexa, stop, please. Why did you need a reminder for noon? I had to send an email to one of my tutors on my master's <laughs> school. <laughs> and I was like, I'll just set it for noon because I won't be doing anything at noon. <laughs> oh. um, yeah, so instead being like, actually, what can I learn in this problem while I give it over to God? Um, so it's not uh, like I'm not going to ask God I'm just going to deal with it I'm, like on my own it's like right, I'm going to give this over to God now and now what can I learn in this like what you know like I don't know how to word <laughs> but basically like instead of God just like lifting me out of it yeah actually if God just drops like drops the ladder down what are the steps that I can practically take um, and I think that's part of like good parenting is that they don't just do it for you they show you how to do it yourself so that next time you know what to do um so I think that can be just a real like like just a mindset shift of like give it over to God absolutely but then also be like okay how do I get here what can I learn um how can we avoid this next time um yeah which which for me is stuff like time management and that sort of stuff it's like oh god just like I need your help 
But if I just wrote things down in my calendar, I probably wouldn't be in this situation. <laughs> Sorry, my notifications keep going off. It's actually the vicar, so that's nice, isn't it? Oh, fun. <laughs> what I'm kind of thinking about is um, what I said earlier, definitely about being a bit more like active, like ask, seek and knock. Like God answers those things when you do those things. Like he does stuff without you doing stuff. Of course he does. He's working all the time. But how much more can he do if I am doing stuff as well? Um, but I'm also thinking about um, like the bread and the fish and the stone and the snake. I actually wrote snack here by accident. I meant snake. <laughs> Hilarious. Anyway, um, just trusting that although those things look similar, like you said, that blew my mind or like the words are similar. Um, although they're similar, like God totally knows the difference and he is never going to hand you a stone or a snake. Um, so when I put my trust fully in him, I know that I'm only ever going to get bread and fish, which is good, um, or a snack. <laughs> but I, that's not right. I just wrote that down, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just love that, that whatever is given to me will be good. And there are things that go on in life that aren't good, of course, but they are not given to me by God. The stuff that's given is only good. Um, would one of you please pray for us? Um, I would love to pray. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Father, thank you for this time and for this space. Um, Lord, we want to just um, lift up everyone that has been listening, Father, and we want to thank you for how you've already begun to speak to them um, through through this talk from Monica and through the questions, Lord. Um, we ask that for this next week and maybe as like a little project over lockdown um to just help us become more childlike Lord, and help us see see the areas that that are childish and work on those uh but see the areas where we have stopped ourselves becoming childlike where we've seen that as a negative thing we've seen that as a lack of security and, and safety lord but help us play in that freedom help us grow there and just be and just have fun like a child in a playground like just just go and be and enjoy it and know that you are watching over us and that you are protecting us and that you are helping us learn and grow and become more of who you made us to be in the name of jesus amen amen thanks so much thank you thank you thank you thank you for praying thank you for speaking monica um yeah thanks monica really loud car outside my house sorry about that <laughs> hopefully you can't hear that on the podcast and um, one more thing before you go we are all wearing green um we're all wearing green <laughs> and we did not plan this. this out i'm actually just going to take because <laughs> um, it's so my green's kind of i need to sit up straight for it to be seen as green yeah it's like a dark green <laughs> that's good that's good okay i'll put that on the social media so that you guys listening can see that we all wore green today yeah. And it wasn't planned. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening, everyone. We will hopefully see you soon. Um, message us if you need anything. <laughs> yeah, please do. Bye. Bye. We're waving at the screen. We wave. Why do we wave? I don't know why we wave. <laughs> that bit can go at the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do I stop? You press the record again, I think. Was that like a stop button in the top left?